I'd like for us this morning to turn our Bibles to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter number 37. If you have found your place there in Ezekiel chapter number 37, let's all stand in the honor of reading God's word this morning. The Bible says in Ezekiel 37, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and I, as I was commanded, and I, as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I behold, beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, and that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus said the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And he said, uh, uh, and ye shall know, that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have performed, uh, spoken it, and performed it, saith the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege to gather and assemble in your house. We glorify you. We honor you this morning. We praise your name. We, uh, Lord, give homage to you this morning. And thank thee for giving us life, uh, another day in our life to come worship you. Now, Lord, as we are assembled in your presence, we cling to your power. We cling to your strength. That, God, you would avail us both uh, in preaching and hearing. May the Spirit of God anoint uh, the preacher and the hearer this morning is our prayer. We love you. We thank you for what you're going to do amongst us this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you. You may be seated. This morning, the Lord spoke to me, and, um, and I'm going in a different direction, uh, but I'm grateful that the Lord has spoken to me about uh, what we are about to hear the Word of God. Here we see the situation in uh, 37th chapter of Ezekiel. We understand this vision uh, happened because God purposed it to happen. God foreordained this uh, this picture, this uh, reality to come about uh, in the life of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a 25-year-old young man uh, that was uh, taken into captivity. Uh, him and about 10,000 other Jews uh, with their king were all uh, on the streets of Babylon. Uh, in the midst of their confusion, in the, in the midst of their uh, uh, atmosphere of fear and scare, that's where God speaks to this man Ezekiel and takes him to this valley where he never saw anything like this before. It's the first time that uh, he encountered any such uh, a re- reality in his life uh, of going down to this valley and examine, examining few things here we see. I must say today, before we get into this uh, uh, this. Uh, uh, chapter that it is important for us to know that God is the one who uh, makes things happen. It's not per chance. It's not by circumstances. It's not sometimes. It's not even accidents that we end up where we are. It is truly uh, the divine plan of God that brings about uh, uh, where we are at in our life at present day. Think about uh, uh, the very story there of Esther. We see that God uh, raised this little damsel uh, in in his own grace that uh, she himself confesses uh, and her uncle confesses this testimony that God has put you here for such a time as this. And it is obvious for us to know today that we are here for such a time as this. You may be asleep, you may be uh, not truly caring of all the things that are happening around you, but you're here for such a time as this. And I must say, the time we're living in is the most perilous time. As the Word of God reveals to us that there shall be perilous time. And, And I believe for sure this is the peak of the perilous times. Uh, the, as Jude writes to us about the, the last days, uh, here we are at the peak of last days. And I must say today that it is truly important for each one of us uh, to be either and uh, to be on the side of the Lord and not against God. And to be in the realm, in the, in the hands of the Lord, being led by the grace of God instead of being in the world and, and being led by the spirit of the age like the scripture tells us. But I'm thankful this morning that uh, no matter what's going on, what's happening, what's yet to happen, God is still on the throne. And He rules and reigns. And He does whatsoever He pleases. According to His pleasure, He has created each one of us and gave us meaning and purpose in life. 
I, my desire through the years of coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ, I came to, uh, to, to my senses one day uh, when God drawn me to the end of myself. And this is what came to my mind. I have a purpose to live. There is meaning in this life. And it is important for all of us to find that out. How do you find that out? By saving grace of God, you find the very reality of the, the meaning and the purpose of life. What God wants you to do. What are here? you here uh, for such a time as this? And I must say today that we are here for, to glorify God. To do everything in our power to see that God uh, gets His due glory, due honor. And that's why we're here at church this morning. To glorify Him, to worship Him, to exalt Him, to, uh, to praise His name, to just worship at large. I come from a land where you've already seen that, that our church is, is uh, not as big as many of American churches. We only meet probably for about uh, uh, this, this place right here is our old church. Just your choir loft is our old church. A preacher stands on that corner and we see people don't even have pews where they come, uh, uh, open their handkerchief and put it on the ground to sit on their back to listen to the preaching of the Word of God and worship God with the, the, the greatest power like, that, like they don't even know if tomorrow is for them. That's the kind of a situation we come from. And it is for God is a big deal for us. Jesus is grand to us. He is the one to be celebrated. He is the one to be worshipped, give Him homage and due render that is due uh, to Him this morning. So that's why we're here to, to preach, to worship this great Savior that we have, this great record of His Word is very important and vital in our lives. And that it is our true desire to follow this scripture. And out of, out of here, there's no other scripture to us. There's no other mandate to us that is given. This will get the job done. This will make worshipers. And that's our hope. That's our goal. This is enough for us to save. This is enough for us to lead and guide all the days of our life. And we hold highly to it. Now, we don't worship this. We don't worship Bible. We don't, we're not bibliologists. But thankfully, we, we regard high the Word of God. Amen. And Christ is the one duly to be worshipped. So when you come to this uh, passage of Scripture and apply it to our hearts, uh, as I said, it is truly God who took uh, this man, Ezekiel, down into the valley. Now, and not only that he went down, but he, the Bible says to us God, that God set him uh, in the midst of the valley to examine a few things. So it's good for us, church, to sometimes stop and examine some things. God's showing us. God is revealing to us. Some of the things God is exposing to our hearts. Sometimes it's about our own condition. And sometimes it's our own nature that, that, uh, that appears in the light of Scripture that God sometimes wants us to get right. And I must say today that uh, some might be here lost without the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe God, is, God has brought you out here to the house of the Lord to examine that great need of salvation in your heart this morning. And that's the reason I brought this passage uh, this morning before us 
that we would consider ministry, that we would consider life, that we would consider missions, that we would consider evangelism, that we would consider all that you believe hold dear to as a church, that you would consider, that you would truly come to a knowledge and say, how are we in the light of Scripture? Are we lining up everything that is and then that what we believe and claim to proclaim? Is it truly in the line, in the line with the Word of God or not? And I'm grateful this morning to know that uh, I believe there is a remnant here. I truly believe. God's remnant is uh, the very aim and theme throughout the whole Scriptures, both in the new and the old. Think about Israel. All Israel was not Israel. Yeah. All church is not true church. Just those that love God and live for Him, that understand Him, are wanting to know more about Him, or are those the ones that hold Him dear and near. Though that is the remnant. That's the, the remnant that is concerned about the things of the Lord. That's the remnant. And I pray that this morning that God would uh, that uh, God would bless the remnant. God will give you a double portion uh, this morning that God would uh, come to uh, your aid this morning and and cause you to see some of the things that we've all in, already encountered. That uh, that you would gird up your minds, your you gird up your loins this morning and and fasten your seat belts. Uh, for the way that we're going, we're going into a, a, a way of destruction. The world's out here to not to, to entertain us anymore. It was a time they were entertaining us, but we're going into serious clash. I believe truly that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. As He comes back, we see that the Scripture unfold to us that the days ahead of us are going to be very, very challenging. It'll cost you. It'll cost your time. It'll cost your families. It'll cost you whatever you got. It'll cost your faith. It'll cost your years. And that's the reason we have to gird up this morning and say, Lord, teach me, examine. Lord, Lord, teach me the ways of your word, that we would align our, ourselves, that we would mark our lives, that we, would, uh, uh, th- that we would bring everything under the subjection of obedience to the word of God rather than having our own thoughts and, and provoking God sometimes in our own way. And if you're lost this morning, this is, a, this is the best time and the appropriate place for us to get right with him, come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, in this passage, we see the very shocking reality or shocking revelation that we find that this man, Ezekiel, has seen. And in this shocking revelation, we see what happened to these people in the valley. These were the whole house of Israel, the Bible says to us. Who is the people? Who are these people of Israel? We know that the, uh, Israel was actually... Um, born even in the days of, of Abraham. He was the patriot there of, of Israelites. You see how God claimed him to, uh, to, to himself. He was a moon worshiper. He worshiped moon every night. 
And there he little did he know that there was God behind that moon who created. And then we see that how God called him out from the Ur of the Chaldees. That how he set him on his feet and told him to go to the place that I, I command you to go. When you go, I will bless thee, he said. And through him, all of the families of this world were blessed and we see the very, very truth of missions, which is Abraham, factor of missions, come from the life and testimony of Abraham. He was the father, really, of missions. And he was the one who believed us in the faith. The Bible says to us that it was his faith which is counted unto righteousness. He believed us this morning into the fold of grace. And I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, we see Isaac, Joseph, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, and then we see judges. You think about the men like Elijah and Elisha, the man, the very first prophet. We see Samuel there, and then David and Solomon and so on. These mighty men, these giants of faith, all of these existed for in uh, the land of Israel. What happened that their descendants were ended up in that valley? That's a very important question for us to examine. It's, it's good for us uh, for time, from time to time to know and to claim all that have come before you. Uh, that all that you're related to, all of the cr- good Christian testimonies that you have. But it is very important that are we being consistent in all that God is teaching us. In all that God is requiring of us. Uh, People of Israel, they lived godly for time to time. But not all the time. They were not consistent. But at the end result, as a whole as a nation, ended in that valley there. What's the cause? Sin. One word answer tonight. This morning is sin is the great issue. Sin is the great root problem that we have and had all through the years and all through the generation. And it will pass along even to the descendants of ours. And we're all destined and certainly destined to end up in that very valley. Unless, unless God sends somebody, unless God considers us. Number one, I must say today that God considered the people in the valley or else God wouldn't have caught Ezekiel's attention there. Oh, it is a great day in my life to know somebody cared for me. And it is not a preacher. It is not just a church. And I'm thankful they have cared for me. Thank God for a preacher and a church that there was in my life. But I must say, it was God at first and foremost. He cared for me. He died for me. He came to this world for me. He bled and died on the cross of Calvary for me. That makes this preaching and this ministry and what we're saying is real and definite because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus is all we need. Jesus and His words is all we need. Jesus and His way and the plan that He prepared for us to come. The way of the cross is the only answer for us in these days. I can sell myself today to to entertainment. I can give myself to other things today. But you know what? 
There's not a man, there's not a name, there's not a power this morning worthy like the Lord Jesus Christ that I would give myself to this morning. You might be here this morning running after, chasing after your goal, your vision, your life, your rules, your thing. But I must say, may God arrest you. May God come to you this morning and stop you before that valley and make you see those dead, dry bones. These bones were dead. Speaks of the condition and the nature there of, of a, a, a sinful nature, which, which is the fruit thereof to see that death is imminent in sin. How many times have we seen? How many times have we not hear, heard from preachers and teachers and Sunday school teachers and parents that sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. The wages of the wages of sin is what death. But thankfully, we we understand that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord, our Lord. I'm grateful today that uh, that the. That we don't have to end up in our sins and be dead and be cut off for all all eternity. But we have hope. We have a reason today. And the reason is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we come to Him with right knowledge. We not find in the book of John that we find there Jesus Himself said, uh, John said there about worship. God is spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him how? in spirit and in truth. Boy, this, this uh, is, uh, we're living in a day where we either do one or the other, where we run after the knowledge uh, and leave out the spirit. But, uh, but it is important for us to know that we must worship both the, in spirit and in truth. And truth is the word of God. Christ is uh, the truth. And thankfully, we don't, uh, we don't, uh, we're not just end up with the word and, and all that we have. But he has promised us the very spirit of God that will lead us into all knowledge and truth. Uh, the spirit of, uh, of wisdom that is given to us. Spirit of discernment is given to us. Why? This is a gift from our God to us. In this shocking reality, we see that these bones were dry. These bones were dead. They've been under sun for many days. They've been washed by the rain. They've been bleached by the climate, the weather there, and all of that. They've been wasted. They've been their line waste there for many years, many days. I must say, when you look at, at any mission field this morning, I see of souls that are being wasted. They're laying waste there without gospel, without hope, without, uh, without a proper understanding and proper knowledge of true God and true word, true life eternal. They don't have that. They don't have uh, what you and I have this morning. They're there without Christ. You don't understand it this morning. But I hope... God will bring that reality to you. Christ is missing. Christ is at distance in, the, in these places. Christ, the name of Christ is hated in these places. Uh, the name and the work of Christ is despised in these places. But you know what? Oftentimes we do. We leave out this very important Christ. 
Christ is the center and focus of anything we do. Christ's words are eternal words. Bible says to us, search the scriptures and see what's in them. You'll find eternal life there. He said, how do you search there? The word search there is a, do a, a thorough investigation. We have not done that very thorough investigation sometimes. And we run to conclusions and say, this is what I believe and this is what I hold to. And that's all you know and that's all you operate under. What? But, but it is so important for us to, to search the scripture and see in them we find the words of eternal life. So this great nation ended up in that valley. God chastened them in Egyptian, their Egyptian uh, captivity. And then we see Assyrian captivity. And then we see now Babylonian because of their disobedience. Church, I must say this morning, I'm looking at America at large this morning. I've, I've through the years studied the history of America and how America was built, how, what it was built upon, how it is built as on Judeo-Christian principles and the word of God and praying people were involved in the building of your nation. But you know where, how, how far we've gone Away from those very um, uh, precious monuments or, or precious uh, thoughts and reality of the Word of God. And I pray that today that, that we don't end up in a valley. That our children don't end up in that valley. Our grandchildren don't end up in that valley. That we have a life uh, that is fruitful, uh, that is prosperous by the grace of God. That we would live and serve each day of our life in the best capacity that God has given, allotted to us. Not only we see that these bones were dead, not only the bones were dried, but they were depressed. They were, they were cut. They're cut away. They're distant from the Lord. They're disjointed. But not only that, we see. This morning that the solemn responsibility towards these bones in the valley. We've got to do something about the people, the, the lives there in the valley. And again, it did not start with Ezekiel. It was God who said this. He asked him a question. He said, uh, <coughs> in the third verse, he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? That's a question for us. Can these bones live? Can our times be changed? Can our situation be changed? Can our condition be changed? Can we do anything today for the betterment and the change? Why do we preach? Why do we teach? To see change. To change. Why do we teach? Why do you go to Sunday school every morning on Sunday morning? To, to see change. In the lives of children and adults as well. Why do we come under the preaching of the word of God? To be changed. Change is the focal point of your preaching and ministry as church at large. Why do you do evangelism? Why do you have missionaries? Why do you missions? Because you want to see change, lives change. Saved. Changed. Marked. Brought to the kingdom of God. All of this is part 
of that change that Christ will produce through His Word and by His Spirit. The solemn responsibility is given to Ezekiel. What did he say? Prophesy, son of man. Prophesy. He said two times, prophesy. But the first time he said, prophesy that these bones will live. Bones will come together. And second time he, he said, prophesy because there was a lack of breath. The first time when we considered, he said, prophesy, son of man. We understand the word prophecy for us is another word to proclaim or to preach. To preach upon the bones. To preach for the bones. When we come to preach, we don't preach to you or preach at you. We preach for you. For you. A missionary goes for a people. A missionary goes for a kind. Missionary goes for a cause. Missionary goes out to, to do something that will do for, for a cause. It's not just going out there to do your own thing, your own plan, your own uh, pre-planned uh, agenda. No, that's not our agenda this morning. That was God calling us for for people, for a kind, for a cause. We evangelize. We do discipleship. We do church planning for souls, for people. That's what we do. And I pray this morning that you will see Ezekiel was charged to preach for his own people, Israel. He said, prophesy so. God didn't say give them a sermon. No, no. God didn't say give them a, a, a lecture. No. God didn't say give them your best options that you've got. No. He said preach, son of man. Preach. Preach the word. Preaching is the very means of God where it gets the job done. That's why we preach. We proclaim. We herald the truth. In how? In love, in simplicity, and great, greatly so, in power of the unction spirit of God. That's what we preach. Preaching of the word of God is very vital, very prominent, very important. Preaching the word of God. I've, I've, I've st stood in so many villages where thousands of souls have come and not just sat there on the open fields. But you know what? They, they've heard. Not a man. Not his testimony. Not his some mere opinions and options. But they heard the preaching of the word of God. Preaching of Jesus. Paul so many times confessed with his mouth. That he didn't come with eloquence. That he didn't come with all of his agenda. But he came to Preach Christ who was crucified. Preaching of Christ is what makes a church. Preaching of Christ makes worshipers. Preaching of Christ saves the lost. Preaching of lives delivers them from bondage of sin. Preaching of Christ delivers them from the bondage that they're living in. 
That's why preaching is so important. They come week after week, sometimes twice a week. We want everything there is about the church and the, and the atmosphere of the church. But you know what? We sometimes just neglect the very preaching of the Word of God. We take everything and we're not preaching. Preaching is the mandate from, from God to us for the task that He has called us. That is the mandate. That is the very motive where it will save and reach the lost. What gets job done in, among persecuted families? We've heard so many families in our own neighborhood, pastors, their heads are chopped. Their wives been kidnapped, children been kidnapped, wives been raped. They can't even come out in the society to do anything. Oftentimes, wives of the pastors end up committing suicide. Children of the pastors were, were truly kidnapped and taken away into no man's land where they brainwash them. They make the, in, the pastor's children as enemies of Christians and they just let them out. That kind of hostility, that kind of cruelty, that kind of place, high persecution, high hatred, and praise be to God. In, in, in that situation, what works? Preaching works. What works? How do you confer, com, comfort a family like that? By preaching of the word of God. How do you, how do you comfort a mother that, that lost her pastor husband and, and, and lost her children? How do you preach in the word of God? I love counseling. Uh, there's so much to it in counseling. But you know what? There, God has not chosen just the, the counseling, but He chose the preaching of the Word of God above counseling. And there is counseling in the preaching. Trust me, there is. And there is, there is great need for us to, to preach Christ. Not to tell, just tell some things about Christ. Not to give some uh, options and, and opinions about Christ. Uh, Christ is a, a distinct man. He made history. He's the he's important man in the history, if you were to say. But you know what? Christ is greater, higher, powerful. That's the reason we, we believe that God used what? Preaching over the wisdom of the world. He said foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. Amen. Preaching is what we do. Not only that, he said, second time. Well, after he preached, he prophesied the bones begin coming to bones, going to joints there. But you know what? There was no breath in them. Second time he said, prophesy, son of man. Prophesy to the wind. Call, O ye wind, O, o breath, breathe upon these living ones. What is he saying? He's charging us not to be only uh, faithful in preaching, but to be fervent in our praying. Prophesy. Pray for what? For the wind to come. The breath to rest upon these bones. I must say today, I love the Word of God. 
I think that the best thing that we ever have in our own hands, in your own language, is the Word of God that you can read. Many places in our country, we don't have a full record of the Word of God. I've met pastors, literally, that say, we've been preaching from just a few letters of First and Second John. For, for as far as they knew, all their lives they've been preaching from, they don't even have a full record, full copy. Some of, the, some of the places, some of the tribal places we go to, they don't even have scripture written in their own language. But here we have what? About three Bibles at least in our homes. When we leave in the car, when we leave on our church pews, one in the bathroom. I mean, you have means, you have sources, but you know what? We sometimes take those for granted. But there is a cost to pay. In another place. It could be in your own neighborhood. Somebody probably needs a Bible. Somebody needs to hear you tell, share the faith that you believe. But he said, prophesy, son of man, pray. Apart from the scripture the best, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the best thing that God has ever blessed us with is the very spirit of God. The very Godhead that reigned all through the ages. The very Holy Spirit of God. He said, He is the one who gives the power. He puts the fuel. He gives the punch uh, to your ministry or to, to what you're called for. He is the very source. We're praying for revival in these days. We're praying for some true Radical changes in these days at large in America for Christianity. American Christianity today is a great attack. It is. They're marching into our own churches. They're destroying our families. They're taking away, breaking, uh, destroying our standards. They're breaking our gates. They're burning our walls. They are. The world is. This, this society of, of immorality have, is barging in. It is. It's, it's uh, filtering, brainwashing your own children. And your children have lost the very true, uh, authentic concepts and realities of the Word of God. And that's what it is. That's what's happening here. Yes, what you need is a Holy Spirit filled church. You need a Holy Spirit-filled homes. You need Holy Spirit-filled fathers. We need Holy Spirit-filled mothers. We need Holy Spirit-filled towns where bars and all of that be kicked out, ruled out from your community. You want these, these sodomites that are coming in to understand that there is a remnant that stands for holiness, for justice, for, for understanding of, of true biblical principles. That's what we want. But you know what? We're, we're coasting. We want to spend our own time and our life sometimes in the valley. We're asleep sometimes. I pray God today. If you only knew. If you only knew. Where I come from. We don't have freedom. It's been robbed from us. You cannot sit like, like you are today. And worship 
Christ, you cannot. We can't hold this Bible and walk on the streets. If, you, if there's somebody see a Bible in their hands, they're put in jail. They're falsely accused of some crime. And they're put in bars. As I speak today, we have, some of the churches have a camera that links to your local police station. And they'll watch every word that's coming out of your pastor's mouth. Every Saturday, he'll have to take his sermon outline to proofread by your local police station. Oh yeah. They'll take everything that is about government. Everything that is sin. They'll remove that. They'll correct it. They'll critique your sermon. And they'll let you know what to preach and what not to preach. That's our mission field, brothers. That's where we are. You may say, why would you want to go there? Because God called us to. Number one, that's the very important thing. Not just because we're, we're born there, no. Because God called us to that place. That is the, that is the motto of, 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 of a missionary. That is the heartbeat of God. Heartbeat of God is missions. And we do it because Christ has appointed us to that task. And we go by faith, all by faith. Not a lot of times we have everything ready for us. It's hard to walk in those doors. I'm being honest with you. I'm not some mystical person today. I, by the grace of God, understand when the, the Spirit of the Lord is working in me if in discernment sometimes. But I'm going to share something with you. When you get on a plane to go to India, you leave America. And go into one of those idolatrous countries where 300 million gods and goddesses are. There is an oppression. They'll clash you. They'll hit you hard. You can't, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not trying to emotionally say anything wrong to manipulate. But sometimes it's hard to breathe. Sometimes it's hard to see. Sometimes it is just, uh, just hard to live. To live, it's hard. But you know what? With Christ, we go. We barge in those territories. We, like the Lord Jesus Christ said, he, as He proclaimed, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's the testimony. That's the burden upon our hearts. That pours fuel in our hearts to go into these territories. Very vile. Very, very, very demonic places we tread. But by the grace of God, but the truth, but the gospel, by the gospel and its mandate, we go to preach in love and grace. Not to be rude, but gospel sometimes, is, it cuts, it breaks us. It's the dynamite, in fact, Bible says in that very first chapter of Romans 16, 7. It is the what, dynamite of God. To, ever, to everyone that believes, to the Jew first. And to the Greek. It's the power of God unto salvation. Put a dynamite under something. Guess what happens? It breaks. It, it changes the structure. Yeah, it's powerful. Number one, he said, prophesy. Preach, son of man. Number two, he said, son of man, get prayer. Apart from prayer, what we're doing, what we want to do, what we're Put to the task, nothing will be accomplished. It is the fervent prayer of a righteous man, right? Availeth much in the, in the presence of the Lord. 
pray. As we be faithful witnesses in preaching the word of God, would you pray for us this morning? We've not come here to, to get anything from you, not to just give anything to you, but to, to charge you, to challenge you in these areas. But continue preaching and continue praying. And guess what? Not only the solemn, uh, solemn responsibility is given to us, but we see a supernatural change there in this, this very chapter. It said, immediately, these bones got up from the grave. And what happened to them? They received life. They were activated. They rose, uh, uh, rose to their feet. They're animated there. They got up on their feet. All of these years where they were, they were dead, they were on the floor without any hope in life. For the first time, they got up on their feet. Souls, when they come to the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the blessed thing to encounter as a servant of the Lord. To see souls come to the Lord Jesus Christ as you weep, as you shed tears and your blood in effort to reach them. For the first time you see souls come to the Lord Jesus Christ and at His feet they fall and worship. That is the blessed thing. I can trade for mountains and sceneries and grand amount of money this morning. Soul, a soul that comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our motto. That is our desire. Not to, not to just make our country, make our places some better. No. Not talking only morality. I, I, that's not what Bible teaches. Bible does teach moral. But it is godly. That is beyond what you and I uh, comprehend in our lives. That is eternal. Effectual. Uh-huh. Pray that you join us in, in that kind of prayer. That you would bring forth effectual and eternal. They were restored. What is that? That's a promise to the people of Israel. They may be left there in the valley for a time. But God is not done with Israel this morning. Oh yes. His eyes are still on the remnant. And he will bring every last one of them in his own timing, in his own day that we find in the very 9, 10 chapter and 11 chapter of Romans. The, the very truth concerning Israel will be changed in a day. And they'll be what brought back to their land. Give their own territory to them. Their own place. That's what we believe. That's why we pray. That's why we preach. That there is promise. Missions is not just uh, uh, just attempting. It's what you expect and then you attempt. In the book of Daniel we find they that know their Lord do what? They'll trust, they'll be strong and do exploits in the, in, in the sight of the Lord and by the power of God. Faith is not just, just asking, friend, but it is receiving. Missions is not just about giving and sending, but it is receiving. It is, it is the very product. You see fruit. That's why there's missions. No, it's not that somebody came, preached, they got whatever they can, and they're like, no, that's not, that's not it. 
as long as I live, as long as my family lives, I want you to, to know that we are in requirement of your prayers, of your being behind us, backing us up in prayer. That is missions. As long as this, the doors of this church are open, and I pray they will be, but you must remember that one fellow came into your doors and pled by the, by the top of his lungs to pray for him, pray for his home, pray for his family. Because they are not promised tomorrow or next month or next year. But as long as they live, they need the saints of God. Pray for them. As you be faithful in praying, as, be, as we be fervent in our preaching, let's together watch a wonder-working God bring all His sheep into His fold. He said, my sheep will hear.